Hi, and welcome to episode 17, lucky 17, all right? Um, I'm Jen Rice, and this is the Functionally Fit Podcast. And today, my guest is Melanie Cross. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you so um, much. Melanie, um, gosh, there I don't know where to start with her because there's um, I've been learning so much about what she's doing. I have found it fascinating as well as very educational. Um, it's something that I really don't know much about, even though I did a functional medicine fellowship. Melanie is a, a nurse practitioner by trade and was conventionally trained in like I was, but she is doing um, functional plant medicine, um, is a health consultant. She's out in Denver, Colorado. Yay, Colorado is such a great state. Um, mm -hmm. But welcome. And I'd love to kick it off just by you, um, if you would just kind of share with us a, a little bit about, um, you know, how you even became a nurse practitioner and sort of where that, that journey has led you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I'm really excited to be here. Um, so I, I mean, I always wanted to go, I've had a, like a love of science and a love of like the human body since I was um, my whole life. And I had uh, initially planned to go to medical school and started going down that route. And I was like, uh, actually, I don't know that I want to do this. So um, went into, I uh, went to nursing school and then um, went on to graduate school of, as a nurse practitioner. And my love of medicine, love of science all started, um, my dad died when I was seven and of a heart condition. And um, he was 34 and it was just like that. I've always like, I've always wanted to find ways to help people so they can live full, healthy, happy lives. And um, it really, finding my way through the conventional medicine model for 20 years, I was like, I, this is not, I'm not helping people find, like live their healthiest life. I'm not helping them get better. There's definitely gotta be a better way. And then that led me into functional medicine. And I've been a advocate and a lover of cannabis um, and supporter. So it just kind of meshed the two together and here I am. So, um, well, thank you again for being here, but I wanted to just back up a little bit to your, to your dad and that experience. I mean, 34, I mean, that's incredibly young. And um, was it something that was, um, I mean, obviously a surprise and he, I mean, had he been feeling unwell or was there any sort of family history or was there really no warning signs at all? Well, him? I think like the short answer to your question is the warning signs were probably ignored, which mm. I think a lot of us do. Like we just yes. kind of like muscle through and ignore our bodies and ignore what things are. You know, I, I was seven at the time. I don't, we didn't have this conversation, of course, yeah, but yeah. Um, he had a, a heart condition called Wolf Parkinson White Syndrome. Oh. Um, and, at, you know, this was 1987 in rural Nebraska. And it wasn't, you know, he wasn't, there wasn't any urgency to do anything about it. You know, fast forward, like uh, maybe a year or so, like an ablation, you know, takes care of it right then and there. So, right, right. Yeah, so um, when... So that happening to you as, as a young person and making such an impression, um, that has probably been something that carried you obviously first into nursing and then into a nurse practitioner. Were you a nurse for a number of years or did you go right into being a, um, a practitioner? Um, I worked as a um, nurse for uh, five 
plus years. I worked in the um, uh, ICU and the emergency department at a level one trauma hospital and public health uh, facility. Okay, so you saw so, a lot of um, you know critically ill patients with the ICU. And then um, you went on to become a nurse practitioner and how, and you practiced in family practice, like general family medicine, right? Seeing all ages. I did, yeah. So when, you know, working in the ICU, I was like, okay, how do I help people from getting to the ICU? Let's go down to the, and I, I'm like, let's, you know, let, I'm gonna go down to the emergency department and like, let's see about like what I can learn there. And I was like, okay, how do I keep people from getting to the emergency department? Oh, primary care, that's it. That's a preventative place where that happens. So um, that's where I spent the big bulk of my um, nurse practitioner career was in primary care. And then I'm like, this isn't, this isn't doing it either. So I'd love for you. So one thing I was reading about you um, was your own sort of hitting the wall. Um, it, it, it reminded me of, well, a little bit of my story and some of the stories of other healthcare providers. Um, I read, uh, I think you had noted that you were you know, obviously working at a high level and, and, and we're, we're super proud. I don't want anyone listening to this to think that, oh, you know, we're not crying, you know, for us um, healthcare providers, we're so overworked. But I think there is a state of like taking so much care of others that there doesn't seem to be as much left in the tank for yourself. And you had, uh, I quoted you as saying like, you were feeling like a zombie, exhausted, um, kind of just muscling through the day uh, hoping to get through with um, some energy to have for your family at the end of the day. And, and that was also a main catalyst to you while well, seeking um, alternative, uh, I don't even know if we want to call it alternative anymore, but, but like, I guess you'd say a more holistic approach to your own wellness. Can you share a little bit about that time in your life and what was going on? And I think that that could really maybe be helpful for someone listening who who may be going through the same thing right now. Absolutely, yes. So it was. I was around 38 um, when I think things were starting to really peak. Um, you know, I pushed stuff aside for years, um, but I was, so around 38, I was just, I wasn't sleeping at all. I was, had no energy, the zombie, but I like to say the zombie on crack, cause I wasn't <laughs> like, I was like, go, go, go. Like always like psycho hyper scheduled, like, go, go, go all day long. Um, life was completely dictated by a clock from like the second I woke up. Your cortisol was like flying up here 24 seven. Yeah. Or when I say the second I woke up, the second I couldn't fall back asleep. Cause I was like waking up in the middle of the night, like unable to fall back asleep. And, uh, you know, I was, start I think I was starting to feel some like anxiety and depression. And these were like, those were new symptoms for me or stuff that I really wouldn't acknowledge that um, that I was feeling. And I kind of just pushed it aside and blamed it on like, this is what, this is what this life is. This is what happens when you have kids. This is what happens, you know, as you get older, um, this is what I signed up for with my nurse practitioner job and just kind of going through that, um, for, you know, that, that time period. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I have become my father. And, I am ignoring my health. I'm putting everything in front of my health. I'm put, you know, I'm putting my job, my family, everything in front of my health. And I know how that story ended. And I don't want that to be my story. 
Yeah. So I yeah. just I had to like take a really like a step back and really evaluate what how I was feeling. And I, I so I'm like, all right, I got to do something. And I knew I wouldn't get my answers in conventional medicine because that's where I had been working for 20 years. And I knew how that story would go again. I didn't want that to be my story, you know, getting maybe a, a maybe a thyroid check, maybe, you know, a, right. getting your TSH H checked and told you're fine. Great news. Um, yeah, I was reading that you were, um, you know, your labs were normal, but you were still just, just feeling awful. And I wanted to just to, before we go in a little bit to the, the functional medicine that you're, that you currently practice, one thing I think I don't want anyone to miss is this, um, there is this resounding feeling because I had it myself of guilt around, um, not being able to feel like you could perform at the level that you thought you could for as long as you could for as much as you could. And I just, if like any caregivers, um, people in, you know, maybe high, high moving jobs, that could be anything from, that could be anything. I mean, there's this guilt sort of wrapped into not, um, not feeling okay anymore. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I mean, I had that, did you have that? And then you're just sort of like, now that I work three days a week, I'm like, hmm, you know, there's a little bit of that still that, that weaves its way through because of the things we tell ourselves about what we should be doing and what everyone's always done. And the expectations and pressure that we put on ourselves. And that, you know, I think we probably both share this, like being this kind of type A, like high producing, high achieving, maybe personality, like, oh, if I, if I can't, if I can't cut it, like I'm a failure and I'm not going to fail. I'm not, no, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving into like taking care of myself. I'm just going to keep on pushing through. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that when we talk about a big life pivot, we ideally want to have those before it's too late to have those or before it's too like, like really, or until they, there is some sort of um, chronic ongoing condition that it's really hard to then get back in front of. So when you found functional medicine, did you find it first as a patient or had you just then, were you using it for yourself or how, how did that work out? It was kind of a kind of little bit of both. I kind of was, um, I'd started working with clients on um, using cannabis and after I'd used it for myself and figured out like getting my sleep in check um, like pretty quickly um, while I was starting to figure out like, why wasn't I sleeping? It's not because my kids, because my kids were waking me up. They were five and seven like that. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. So I want to go to the, so the, so the elephant in the room here um, is like, when you say the word cannabis, um, this is funny because I was just talking to a, a friend of mine last week who um, was saying, yeah, you know, you think about cannabis, you think about like a lot of people think about Chica Chong and um, smoking, you know, like lots of plumes of smoke. And but I think if we could just like also share with anyone listening, like what, how, how are people even using cannabis? I mean, I know that a lot of people just immediately jump to, and, and I do even have an internal, um, it's almost like an internal check in my mind that's like starts to turn off when I hear that because I think about 
smoking pot and you know what I mean? So if we could kind of go in a little bit about the science of cannabis and how, how people are using it. Are you, did you use it as a cream? Did you, I mean, like, how did you even come about it? Yeah. Um, when I used it, uh, when I, so around the 38 year old time, um, it I started off with a tincture and I, I love that you're asking this question because <laughs> this is such like, it is like everybody hears cannabis. They just yeah. think like Cheetos in a couch and like movies and lots exactly. of smoke. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it, I mean, you know, and you're like, Oh, that was ninth grade or I don't even know, whatever. And you're just, yeah, I don't even, um, I think it's just an important thing to bring up because I think a lot of us, I know a lot of people in my age group, certainly probably in yours too, um, maybe just kind of a, there's some even almost negative connotation around it, right? hundred percent, like so much stigma around it. Uh, and you know, you can't, you, you can't lay on the couch and eat Cheetos and watch and do that. But that's not, I mean, people aren't coming to me to find out how to do that. You can do yeah. that on your own. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I did a tincture for myself um, for sleep. And uh, I, I find, I really love using tinctures with, um, with clients. It's just, you can really dial down the dosing so specifically um, to what exactly what people need. Cause they're not, like I said, they're not coming to me to get high. They're coming to me to get better. And that's what it like cannabis can help you get better. And that's why I love using cannabis and functional medicine together. Cannabis helps can help you and other plant medicines can help you get better quicker. While well, you know, that may not be the root cause of why you're having your symptoms, but then you can, you know, it makes the process easier by getting at the root cause, you know, because that's gonna take some time digging in and you know, peeling that onion back and figuring out what what is your unique root cause it takes time, as you know. Um, so I like I like to use uh, the the plant medicine and primarily cannabis to kind of make that transition easier. So a lot of my clients use tinctures. Um, uh, um, inhalation is really effective for um, like acute things. So um, like a, a headaches, nausea. Um, it can be it, the right combination or the right strains is um, can be really helpful for uh, anxiety like a panic attack, um, it can send you the wrong way too, you know, if you're not right. knowing, knowing kind of where, where to go. And so, um, patches are really effective. Okay. Um, uh, topicals, I, I, I like those as well. Um, I've been uh, hearing a lot more about topicals. I feel like, um, I might even have a neighbor who uses a topical, um, for pain and, if I so then like the, 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 you know, something in my head will say like, Oh, what about, you know, like nervous about quality of things, um, you know, where the source is like, you know, if I'm sourcing my vegetables to make sure that those are healthy, I certainly don't want to buy some, I don't know, tincture that's who knows what in it. And then you, you know, I don't know. So, so how do you, how does one even ensure like quality and who there is it just making sure you're seeing a reputable practitioner and how do you even know that person's reputable? Right. Like where does someone even start? How do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. How do you figure this out? I mean, especially like with CBD, it's at like gas stations and like, or the, it's like in a, they had a CBD burger and like, <laughs> like, at, um, whatever at a fast food place in Denver last oh year. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah, like, okay. Don't, don't buy your CBD from, <laughs> don't buy it from Amazon too. That's a big one. Okay. Um, 
because those aren't necessarily sourced very well. Um, uh, you know, to go back to your question, it is like you you need to have you need to have a practitioner that you can work with that you trust. Um, I have products that I that I have vetted, so um, I know like their extraction methods. I have you know reached out to the companies, and Colorado isn't the best at being super transparent on like tinctures. They okay. like as far as getting a certificate of analysis on you know the the what's all in there. Um, I, I struggle with that, um, but uh, for like different like products that you would in, flower that you would inhale, like you know the weed that you would uh, uh -huh. that you would uh -huh. smoke, um, they should um, provide uh, at a, a, dis a dispensary. They should provide a certificate of analysis that tells you like what um, if there's any fungus or um, any molds, you know, any pesticides, any residual solvents that are in there. Um, all of that heavy metals, those sort of things should be disclosed, but you don't know. I mean, who knows how to look for that? You know, it's right. Like, and I think, um, so I'm in the state of Florida and I'm sure listeners could be in, in any state, right? Um, there are states that are more open than others. In fact, I'm not even up on, I know that I, I, think I'm pretty sure I think we have dispensaries here I don't really know I don't I, you do. I think we have more legal um issues here though which is strange to me because usually we have like no rules in Florida <laughs> no <laughs> no but we have some rules evidently around somebody lobbying someone to make sure that that stays a little bit less but I I think that because there's such a difference across state lines too that it's even can more confusing uh, for as a possible patient, me being maybe a possible patient, um, how I would even you know begin. And that's where um, yes, a, a lot of dispensaries uh, partner with um, with nurses. Uh, I'm a member of the American Cannabis Nurses Association, and we're big advocates for for getting the right information to the patients because you deserve it. Yeah, and you're not always going to get it from. I mean. Every dispensary, of course, is different. Right. Um, Aren't they privately owned? Right. So, um, which I mean, I'm all for the, you know, privately owned things. I'm not saying that this should be something that's like, you know, but uh, it's, it's hard to know as a consumer, uh, just like I, our food supply. I mean, let's even keep it as yeah. simple as that. It's very hard to know exactly where that apple came from. I mean, yes, you could if you're buying it from a place that says organic state of Washington or whatever, but you don't know how, you don't really know the tracking of how many places it went before it got to, you know, Naples, Florida, let's say. Totally. And, you know, depending on every state, of course, has all their different laws with this as well um, on where you can get products from. So like, I know the products that I'm getting at the dispensaries, I know where they're coming from because I've spoken to the, you know, to the companies themselves and knowing, you know, like Colorado has been in the game for quite a while now, mm -hmm. um, relatively speaking. And so the, like the agricultural process for that and the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, just like how they grow it is, is done in a way that uh, maybe other states might not be doing it as, as well. As clean, yeah. So mm -hmm. the, um, could someone, in another state, you have you help them to find the right, or is that it, because does it get tricky with state lines? Like if someone lives in um, 
I don't know, Wyoming and you're in Colorado and it, how does that how does that work? Is it like licenses with um, our medical license? Right. And, you know, I, I am a nurse practitioner in my in my business, in my consulting business. I work under as a health consultant mm -hmm. that just happens to be a nurse practitioner. Right. Um, however, I follow my nurse practitioner scope of practice and laws and, and um, work with people within the state of Colorado um, for uh, for cannabis help. Um, so like someone in Wyoming. Um, they, you know, I, I actually don't even know all the, I don't know the laws of Wyoming for right. in the state themselves. I don't think they, I think, I think they're a medical state. I don't think they're an adult use state. So um, they would have to go, you know, work with someone um, to get a medical light, you know, their medical card or mm -hmm. you know, whatever they call it. So I would not necessarily, um, no, I wouldn't be able to help. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So see, I think that's my the, uh, legal the answer. <laughs> yes. So, so to me, there's, there's this, there's a lot of this gray of, um, and I'm just to go on a side note. So Dennis, my husband, he ends up using, um, the CBD cream or something on his hand. He's tried different ones. He feels like one more than the other, whatever. There's like no quality. I mean, like nobody really, I, nobody knows exactly what it's, you know, so I guess, um, Maybe yeah. it's just sort of like do your research, try to um, certainly though people can reach out to you about the consulting and get a little bit more information about how to, you know, begin even a process of healing um, and what they could then work for in their certain states and whatever. Right. And, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I think it's also starting somewhere with someone that you can trust and getting the right knowledge. Um, you would do that for anything. Like, I mean, I think people ask more questions when it comes to buying a new mattress than they do about some of the health things um, <laughs> that we actually ingest or take. Um, so so um, what do you think are the biggest myths around um, cannabis? Like, I mean, I know we sort of alluded to them with a, a little bit of the, um, you know, movies of the past and all of that, but like, can you, like, I know one I can think of would be that I'm going to, like, it's going to take away my brain. Like, I'm not going to be a sharp. Yes. Um, and, you know, there is some effects that cannabis definitely can have on memory, which is what some people use it for. So like mm. PTSD, um, folks with PTS PTSD comes to mind, like that's, they want to forget those memories. So that is a benefit to them. Um, for those that do have that memory, um, maybe short-term memory loss, uh, when you stop cannabis, uh, then, then it returns. Um, I haven't worked very intensely with those with PTSD to know that firsthand, but um, speaking to other people that that is the case. Uh, but you know what, for most of those people, like they don't, they don't like, they don't want to stop because it, it helps them so much. So um, I, memory is a big one. Um, I, the, like, although we were joking about it, but there is about, you know, there are so many ways to use cannabis that don't involve getting high. Like I wasn't like taking, you know, bottles of my tincture, like, <laughs> get high to go to bed. <laughs> right. And yeah. 
and there's definitely, you know, way the ways that I um, help with my clients is using it for them to get relief of their symptoms, but for them to not like feel the, the you know, maybe the negative perceived negative effects. And there's ways you, you balance between THC and CBD and some of the other cannabinoids to really get dialed into what people want. So um, it's not like, I, I think one of the biz, biggest misconceptions is it's not for stoners. Like you don't have to be a stoner to be, to use cannabis. I'm a mom. I got two kids. I'm a soccer mom, actually, <laughs> like a legit <laughs> right. soccer mom. Uh, you know, I have a, I have a health, I'm working healthcare, you know, like uh, married, like we're, I'm not. Yeah. I'm this not is not stoner. a Netflix show, right? <laughs> this is yeah. not, a, not a Netflix show where we're trying to have a lot of drama and being high and yeah, like, okay, totally. we're just trying to be well. Okay. Yeah. So when, um, and I know you know, we only have so much time today and obviously we could go on and on and on. And I so appreciate you being here, but you know, we were talking about like, is plant medicine right for you? And like, if someone's listening to this and they're kind of like, Hmm, I don't know. I mean, how, well, how would they know if this might be something they should pursue? What kind of symptoms, or I know we sort of talked a little bit about headaches, um, sleep problems. Can, can you give some other examples of if it might be right for you if you're having X, Y, or Z? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of people right now is just like stress. And we know how yeah. detrimental stress is on the body. It's like a, it's a real thing. And getting out of that sympathetic nervous system into that parasympathetic nervous system, you know, from flight or fight into rest and digest, cannabis is incredible for that. Um, so that can be something that I, you know, help people with. Um, the, uh, the pain we mentioned, but, um, uh, anxiety and depression can be really helpful. The, um, uh, sleep is a huge one. I bet. That's, uh, one of the biggest ones that people come to, to see me for. And just like wanting to just be, have, find some joy, like yeah. have, having something that can just kind of help you relax and find some joy. And, you know, like, kind of one of the stigma thing too that I like to talk about and kind of maybe destigmatize like why is it okay to like down a bunch of glasses of wine at night but you know having some cannabis like that that's taboo and that's you know terrible to do to unwind when you know one might actually be helping there's a lot of commercialization I, I was um when I kind of went on you know not really drinking anything for a while um and I really don't have much at this point, but there is a conditioning that's gone on around wine, women and wine, women need wine. Um, and honestly, there's a lot of wines out there that are full of stuff. Sugar is mm -hmm. one thing, but also pesticides. I mean, you know, there's, there's like a lot of things. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and so you're right in that uh, I think it's just there's there's been it depends on who the messaging is coming from and what the financial gain is from that there's a lot of gain from having a lot of people buying alcohol um you know and maybe they're just that's kind of like I always say follow the money yeah and that for sure yeah so with the but I will say that this has been you hear more and more about it um like I said I I have perfectly normal, older neighbors using this for pain. Uh, I don't 
Obviously, I haven't dug into exactly what or how, but I know that it is helpful for neuropathy. Does that sound also like something that you treat? Yes. Neuropathy mm -hmm. pain is one thing. And um, I think chronic uh, pain associated with certain autoimmune conditions, it can yep. be, right? It is. And di I didn't mention like autoimmune and digestive stuff. It can be really helpful for that. And like people maybe talk about cannabis as being a, like a, you know, a, a gateway drug. I really think of it as like an exit, like mm. you can add in cannabis and then maybe like for your neuropathy, you can get rid of that gabapentin. That's actually probably causing more harm or, you know, with some of the autoimmune stuff that you can, you can slowly back away with, around some of these drugs that are actually making your condition worse. Yes. Yes. That's so good. So good. So, um, can you share just a little bit before we, um, before we, end today on like with your health consultant work um is it very is it individualistic is it group is it both um kind of the things that you offer i think that could be helpful for people to learn about and of course yeah. we'll put a link in the show notes so that we could get more information but it's always great to hear kind of what you enjoy doing most and what you're working on now yeah, um, and there's something coming hot off the press tomorrow, actually. So oh, I'm wow. really, yeah, I'm really excited about that. So um, prim, uh, my my first step into this was is one-on-one um, -on -one work, and it's a six-month program that I work intensely one-on-one -on -one with with people. Um, uh, that uh, has been like my mainstay, and um, the hot off the press is I have a um, a semi-private group that is um, launching tomorrow. And I'm only accepting five, five people into this, into this group. It's gonna be 12 weeks and we're gonna dive into doing, um, there's gonna be some functional medicine testing in that. Um, it's gonna be weekly visits uh, in, in the group setting. Um, we'll be doing some cannabis education as a wink, wink. That's how I have to, uh, <laughs> what I have to call it. <laughs> yes. Um, and um, so it's going to be a personalized um, with the, some personalized aspect. Yeah, I love component. that. There's yeah. power in that group of like, well, one, you're not alone. And then two, somebody asks a question. You're like, oh, that was my question. That's really helpful. I didn't even know I had that question. Now that answer is like going to help me a lot. So I, I do think that's a really powerful setting. Um, is this for, do you have to be living in Colorado to take part in this or? No, you don't. Anywhere. Mm -hmm. It can be from anywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So what we'll want to do though, is um, put that information in the, the show notes too. And then even if someone is listening to this at a you know later time, sometimes you'll find us down the road. Um, I'm sure that if they're linking up to your website, you'll have the most current thing going on. And um, before, before we go, do you mind sharing um, any tips or maybe just your couple of your top tips on sort of de-stressing over this whole, I mean, this last year has been a lot and people, everybody's reacted in their own way. I don't think there's a bad way. I don't think there's a good way. I think it's just like, we're just maintaining, pushing through, you know, some maybe doing better emotionally than others, but all of us have felt an increased stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you have a couple of tips on the top things you would recommend someone starting like today, right now um, for themselves um, to really make an impact on their health to come. I, yeah, uh, I think one thing is I like to say, quit being a should head. 
like <laughs> quit like you know give let's all give ourselves some grace and as you're saying like everybody has been dealing with things differently like take a deep breath let's let our expectations go this last 12 13 months has not been what anyone had planned or expected and let's move forward let's move forward with what we have now and what we know now and then around stress reduction too is i am a big fan of breath work i like to start every day before like reaching for my phone before you know every day of just some being just being present and doing some deep breathing because when you reach for your phone you're you're like giving yourself to someone else right away you know yeah. so like you go right into that reactionary mode so if we can just sit there and do like just five minutes of some deep breaths i like to do box breathing um if you know that one like mm -mm, no inhale one. like inhale five eight oh, seconds okay. hold it then we can do it together yeah I didn't mean to blow out through my mouth. I always blow through my nose. I don't know why. Either way, <laughs> I think it all works. <laughs> so you you like inhale five seconds or eight, whatever, you know, I like to just do five. Hold it for five seconds, then exhale for five seconds, then hold that for five seconds. And that can really kind of tap into that, your vagus nerve and get into your parasympathetic nervous system again. And you start your day off right. You know, if you start your day kind of just like chilled out, less stressed, then when these other, because every day something new, something new is coming at us, we react maybe in a little bit uh, of an easier way. And it doesn't have such a like detrimental effect on our body. And our cortisol level is starting off lower instead of starting off up here. So I, I, I find it. that helpful. And, and then I think the breathing through the nose is pretty crucial actually. So I can't believe I've breath. Well, breathing out, <laughs> sometimes they tell you to sigh like, you know, yeah. like when you're really letting it out, but yeah, it's, it's good. And it's so, um, breathing is such a simple free thing to do. And, um, I found that the mask wearing the only, the upside, the, the silver lining and all the mask wearing I've been doing the last year, especially at work has been like, I try to focus on my nose breathing because you know, when you're a mouth breather, just by design, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't realize how much you're doing it. So you wear a mask and then you really feel the heat. Um, and so nose breathing can, can really, really help too, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate you coming on. I really would love to have you back. Um, and we could just go deeper for this. Cause I feel like there's a lot to this and it is something that can help a lot of people. I think you're going to help a lot of people and, um, that's a great ripple effect. Uh, we'll put all the information in the show notes. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much. And I'd love to come back. This has been great. Thank you. Yes.